I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, welcome back to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Before we get into everything, uh, make sure to hit that subscribe, hit the like, turn those notifications on so you don't miss any of these future videos. I'm your host, the Supercoach Brain, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Supercoach Matrix. Matty, center wing, we're in for an absolute doozy in this episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to unpack, but yeah, there's just so many options. You can pick four, you have to pick seven. Yeah, let's unpack I think it. it's... I think it's analysis paralysis, I think, a little bit. We've looked at these guys for so long that it's going to be nearly impossible to be 100% sure on who we pick in the centre wing. But um, regardless, like on today's show, what we'll do is we'll cover the top five uh, owned centre wings. Uh, We'll talk through our premium options, the mid-price maniacs that we like, and the cheap options that you should consider in the centre wing. Uh, We're going to reveal our own centre wing as well on top of that. And, mate, correct me if I'm wrong here, is Rapid Fire back? Oh, I hope so. I love it. Rap- I love rapid fire. Pew, we've, got so, we've got so many players to get through here. Mate, actually, when I, before I, I went through our notes and, and um, before we started here, and we've got 41 players that we're talking about in this episode. <laughs> so I can't this, even count the 41. <laughs> this, this could honestly go for an hour and a half. We'll do our yeah. best for it not to because I know that um, people lose their attention pretty quickly, um, and I don't blame them. I do too. But, mate, let's talk tactics first because it's it's one thing that we haven't really talked about too much in, in previous positional analysis pods, but I think it's relevant here because you could approach center wing a few different ways. Me personally, my tactic is I'm going with one premium option and then I'm trying to find cheap options for my other six positions. How are you approaching the center wing? Yes, yeah, so I've got two premiums and, um, yes, yeah, some cheaper options. Of course, I'm trying just to be very aware that I have to play two of these cheaper options. So, um, yeah, I might end up splashing just a little bit more in a couple couple spots, just north of 300K, maybe between three and 450. 
um, just because you know that you have to play them every week. Um, but centre wings are sort of rocks or diamonds, aren't they? It is. It is. And and look, when we when we look at centre wing, a lot of the guys that we have on our bench are going to be two hundred k basement price cheap guys. And, and look, there are some good options and we'll talk about them soon. And it seems like everybody else has clued onto those options as well because they're pretty high owned, especially a couple of them. Um, so mate, let's move into our most owned. And I was like, why are you so obsessed with me? With me? The most owned center wing is Paul Alamotti at 200,000, 45.6%. So he's nearly 50% owned, which, look, to be fair, that's pretty well-deserved that the hype around Paul Alamotti has been huge. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Oh, just Google him. Have a look at a picture of him. He looks like a man mountain playing. He looks like second rower playing in centre wing. Um, yeah, I did watch him, watch him a little bit in those trials, and, yeah, they seem keen on him. Gus can pick him. Um, yeah, at 200K, there's no risk. No, I think the only risk we have with any of these guys that we're going to talk about, we'll probably talk about this now, is that there's a risk that they don't perform in the first two, three, four weeks. They get dropped. They're never seen again. Um, Isaiah Tass was a very, very long burn for me last year when he, <laughs> I think he, what, he played two games and I, I thought, yep, this guy's going to be good. Um, I picked him up the first time that he played and then I sat on him for about six weeks before he saw any field time to get that price rise again. And there were a couple of those. Trent Peoples. I'm scarred for life from Trent Peoples because uh, <laughs> I brought him in thinking that he was going to be a lock to get some 80-minute uh, eighty minute. Are we forward. still waiting for his price rise? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it kicks in in 2025, I'm told. Oh, cool. Yep. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get that eventually. Good. But, that's, uh, in, uh, that's in Super League, Super Coach. So. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, um, can, I just, can I just say we did these notes a few days ago. Paul Alamotti is nearly 50% now. He's just yeah. gone up 5%. Uh, oh, so we should. That's completely fair. He's in my team at the moment. We'll reveal our whole team at the end as, as we go. But 200K, basement price, cheapy, center wing, locked into the center wing position. The Bulldogs are incredibly high on him. The Blake looks like Tevita Pangai Jr. in the centers. Um, <laughs> his ownership should be probably higher, to be fair. And, uh, and once Team List Tuesday confirms that he is in this squad, I guarantee you that he goes plus 60% owned. Has yep. to. He absolutely has to at his basement price. Mate, take us into the second guy. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, we've got Cam Pereira from the Titans. He's two hundred k. In the last week, he's went up six percent, so he's forty six percent owned now. Um, and the guy just looks like an absolute jet. I watched that game against the Dolphins, and it wasn't against you know fantastic competition. But looking at him out in the wing, oh, didn't he look electric? Incredible, serious player. These he apparently touted to be the fastest player on this roster. There's some quick guys over at the Gold Coast, so. Mate, the guy's got serious talent. We saw it in the trials. And look, you don't want to overreact to the trials, but I, to be to be fair, I love overreacting to trials because it's <laughs> the only football we have at the moment that we can be excited about. Yeah, but just like he didn't look to take a step out of place. He looked like somebody that were, that had been there for five years. Um, they trusted him. I think the Titans are going to be a little bit better. Um, if he was 200K and I wasn't that confident in him, I would – yeah, you, I would still have him in my team. But the fact that he looks like a guy that you could play against some easier teams. I'm going to compare him to a guy like Alex Johnston, Josh Adokar mold, where we know that his base isn't going to be monstrous, right? He's not going to be a massive worker, but we know the Titans love to score points. We've seen that in the trial. Uh, we've seen that all at the back end of last year. They love just attacking brand of football. 
They love throwing the ball around. There's going to be plenty of opportunity on that left wing for Camperera. I'm incredibly excited for him. He could easily be cheapy of the year. Actually, you know what? I'm going to call it now. He will be cheapy of the year, and he's going to be the guy that gains the most cash. Yep. Better than Josh Schuster. He will be cheapy of the year, and he's a guy that people will be thinking when he gets to 500K, is he worth keeping for the rest of the year? Yeah, it looks like an absolute jet. For sure. For sure. Is he on Mate, the feeder side? No. No, left. he's on the other side. Left. Yeah, a yeah. bit of an upgrade from Jermaine Asako. Just a tad, just a tad. <laughs> mate, your mate, Jermaine Asako, you love him. You love Jermaine oh. Asako. Yeah, he's a, he's a sharpshooter. He is, he is. I don't know whether you're going to get many opportunities with him this year playing with the <laughs> Dolphins, but anyway. <laughs> mate, number three on this list of most owned is Chan's Nickel Clockstud. At 327,000, 38.9% owned. I'm, I'm not sure how, which direction that's gone in the last few it's, days. It's actually gone down. Look, that aligns with my thoughts personally. The, the reason he's touch and go for me, look, on the surface, you look at a fullback that you can name in the center wing and everybody gets a little bit excited about it. He's in my team, mind you, right now at this point. But there's a risk here that, that he shifts to the centers. And the the reason for that potentially is that the, the reality is the New Zealand Warriors, they're not going to be amazing. They're not going to be a team that competes for the eight. Um, and their, their edge defense is woeful, terrible, horrendous. And Charles Nickel Klockstad is a relatively good defender. So do they move Charles Nickel Klockstad into the centers to plug a hole and then stop the leak of points down the edge? Um, I don't know whether they do that, obviously, straight away. I think he probably gets named on, at fullback on Tuesday, but uh, there's a risk at three, week three, week four. Um, they could easily move him to the centres, which is a major concern for me. And if he gets named in the centres, he's a, he's a no-go for me personally. But I know you feel a little bit differently about that than me. Look, I just look around that 300K price tag and I don't see much else that I would be willing to take a gamble on. I think even at center wing i think he has the pedigree like what are we looking at 300k like you know you're looking at spending 50k extra for our boy asako you're looking at spending 50k extra for um for grass stains charlie um i'm bit off bit off Hayes perum at the moment um you know you're looking at your jake avarillos yeah there's just not much else around that 300k price tag that i'm that happy with i don't like the rabbitos draw uh we'll dig into that later um, yeah, I do think that he's going to be playing fullback and I'll probably, you know, it'll be touch and go with that decision. But if he lines at fullback, he's a lock for me because I think he wants to be there. I think the Warriors will play some better footy this year. But yeah, centre wing, I'll probably toss up between, say, him and, and Avarillo or something like that, which I think is much of a muchness. I like him better than like Tommy Talao or something like that. Um, he's yeah. a bit of a turnstile from what I've seen, so... Yeah, he is. He is. That's um, that's an interesting one. Uh, but no, I, I think yeah, CNK's in my team. If he lines up at fullback, I'll keep him. We'll start the season with him, and we'll adjust from there as we go. But there, there, there is merit to go against him with the other options that we're going to talk about soon, mate. Another guy that I'm going against personally, <laughs> and we've made our feelings very known about the hammer over at the Dolphins. He's is he still 34% owned? Do you want to quickly check? Sorry, I'm in yeah. a draft right now, um, <laughs> which is a ultimate juggling act for me, but we'll, we'll see how we go. Uh, 330,000. He's 28%. So he has come back about 12% in the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, maybe which, people which, are doing a bit of research, yeah. People are listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports podcast and, and 
basically taking on board the fact that Hammer is the ultimate trap. Um, my notes here says Trap City. Um, <laughs> so, look, I, I think we, we talked about it a lot when we talked about the Cowboys. We also talked about it a lot when we talked about fullbacks. Um, but, mate, you've got a guy that at fullback, I think he averaged, what, 35 or something, 36 for the Cowboys at fullback and the, what, third best team in the competition, and we're expecting him to hopefully improve on that at the worst team in the competition. It, it's a It's a stretch. Yeah, I just don't think there'll be a lot of points coming out of the Dolphins. Like, it is exciting. Like, the first thing I did when I uploaded Supercoach was add Hammer, add Tyrell Sloan, and then you just start to think about these. They're needing to shift. Oh, well, not the Dolphins particularly, but some of these other teams are needing to shift and change, you know, their fullback because they weren't very good. They don't have somebody to plug and play. Um, Yeah, look, Hammer might not even be at fullback by the end of the year. I'm going to say that he won't be at fullback by round five. Jeez, you do have but, but we need to re- in this. But we need to remember that Tessie knew that they didn't pay. He wasn't cheap. They paid money to get this bloke. Like, and yeah. we know that Tessie knew loves playing fullback. Tessie knew also is a pretty poor defender in the centres. So there's an easy fix for Uncle Wayne there to go, oh, look, you know what, this centre, my, my edge defence is a little bit leaky. We see that Tessie knew struggling a little bit on D. Hammer, we can easily plug him in. We'll just swap him over. I think Hammer's better in the centres, don't you? I do. Not he just super more... coach, like, yeah, just real life. Yeah, he averaged, well, I mean, let's talk super coach. He averaged more points at centre for the Cowboys than he did at fullback, which is incredibly insane when you think about the amount of points you can generate in the fullback position just in, um, just in runs. But... Yeah, no, it's a no from me. I can't, I can't take Hammer with so much going on in that side, and also Tessie New breathing down his neck for that position. It's, um, yeah, it's a fate for me. You can say the same about CNK and um, and the Hammer. If we have to come in in three weeks' time and eat humble pie, I tell you what, it's easy to find three hundred and thirty k. Like, there's no risk not to have him. At three hundred and thirty k with some of the other cheapies that we're going to be talking about. He's in your starting seventeen. Yeah, that's true. You can't you can't not play him. You can't have a three hundred and thirty guy uh, in the centres on your bench without a reserve armband. There's no point. Yeah. Otherwise, you may as well just find a two hundred k cheapie, which there's a few. Yeah. So, um, and, and look, a lot of these guys we're talking about as if we know what the lineups are going to be on Tuesday. We don't. So, let, we'll reassess a lot of these options and a lot of these things because it looks like this is probably the most uncertain position. Correct me if I'm wrong, Maddie. In terms of what Teamless Tuesday can bring us, um, there's a lot of things here that could completely go against what we expected and completely throw teams into turmoil. Yeah, like centers are just one of those positions where you can just pick someone up from New South Wales or Queensland Cup and you know, and us not know too much about them, and they've just been good at training, and the coaches just inject them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, I reckon there's the least amount of risk of just putting in a center wing from from reserve grade. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, completely agree with that. There's some really good downgrade options here eventually down the track as well. So, um, and we know that center wing is prolific for having mid year. You've got that bottom 200k cheapie that comes in and makes their debut, 
and it's such an easy downgrade knowing there's been an injury on the wing or in the centers or whatever, and there's a guy that's going to come in at basement price that you can downgrade to that's going to get an extended run in the team. And we look at the perfect example is Taylor May last year. <laughs> when he came in, mate, it was bottom bottom dollar or pretty close to bottom dollar. I think he was a little bit off it, but um, he plugged in. You could plug and play him every week. You knew that Penrith winger was going to get plenty of ball and it was going to get opportunity on the left edge. So you could just chuck him in. And there'll be another Taylor in May this year, I guarantee you, that will not start round one, but will be injected into teams at round between round five to 15. Yep, let's do it. Number five, mate. Oh, mate, let's talk about the Cowboys run. The first 13 games, I think I've mentioned, this is the 201st time I've mentioned it, actually. Um, my team's stacked with Cowboys, and I want their goal kicker. I reckon they're going to score a lot of points in that 13 weeks. I think it, it is somebody that I'm going to be looking to move on from um, because, you know, I sort of hate that origin period. They're playing all their easy games first up. Um, I think it'd be smart not to hold throughout the whole year. But I tell you what, I want those points on the board. Uh, when they're playing a Thursday or Friday night game, I'm going to put the VC on him because um, I'm not rolling, as you've heard in my other in our other pods, I'm not rolling Nico and, um, and Cleary. Um, yeah, I think that I'll play the VC on him a few times. A bit risky to play the C, but I think there's going to be a lot of points for, for, the, uh, for the old running back. There will be. You're not wrong. Um it's too enticing not to grab the goal kicker from the team that finished third last year and has the best run to start the year. Yep. It's just, you, you just can't avoid it. He's, yeah. a, he's a pick and stick. He, you can easily keep him through origin if you really wanted to, but I think the ones that the coaches that are pretty clued on will be looking to move on a few of these guys um, that are going to be playing origin and having rests through the middle of the year for guys like your Clint Guthersons, like your Parramatta players that are going to be a little bit more reliable and play those major buy rounds through the middle of the season. So I think that's a smart way to use trades. Honestly, like, you know, if you have those luxury trades and you do the math in your head and you've got them, got them saved up and, and don't have to pivot so much at the start of the year. And that's what we're going to try to do. That's what our advice is going to try to get you to do um, so that you can save those trades early so that we make the pick going into round one. Uh, we're going to do a TLT show, which will be uh, very important. It'll probably be the sh- our most important show yet. Um, but yeah, I've got Val in my team. Um, I didn't to start because I was looking to go cheaper, much like, much like you're planning to do. But I'm just too scared not to have Val Holmes. When I look at those first 13 games, no buy. Yeah, too scared. Yeah, I had Brian Toto instead of Val Holmes for a lot of this preseason. Um, and just recently, I found a way to get a little bit of extra cash. And the first thing that I did with that extra cash was go up to Val Holmes. Um, and that's not discounting Brian Toto at all. We, we know Brian Toto is quite popular. We'll talk about him soon. Um, and there's a reason why he's popular, but Val, you, you've got to look at what Val Holmes did last year and look at their run, look at the draw, look at the logic behind the pick. Um, it's a pretty easy one for me personally to just ride that for the first eight to 10 weeks. So in the last four days, he's went up four and a half percent. Yeah. And look, these most owned guys are going to go very high or very low over the next few days. Um, there's no in between. Uh, I think that they'll continue to go up. The guys that are popular, the good options like your Val Holmes and your, um, you know, Camperera's and your Alamotti's, they're going to continue to go up uh, leading into che- Teamless Tuesday as people tweak their teams. And then you've got your your, um, your Hammer and your C&K and a few other options that will probably start to trend downwards over the next few days as well. So, mate, premiums. Let's And before we go into premiums, there's uh, 
for just a reminder for everybody, we've got our unlimited group. The code is 451840. You can go into the running and try and beat us, uh, try and beat the Supercoach community and win yourself a Supercoach ring at the end of the season and jump on the podcast with us at the end and, and teach us all your secrets. So um, plenty of incentive involved. So jump in that. That's 451840 into our unlimited group. Mate, let's move on to the premiums. How much is this, Marie? It's very expensive. We've got a lot of players here to get through. If I count them, we've got about 14 players listed here that you could consider to start with in the center wing. Now, the first guy, it's easy to not start with him because he's got a he's a fractured jaw, Joey yep. Manu. Did you yeah, have Joey he, Manu last year? No, I didn't. I faded him well, all year and it did. Yep. I essentially got to the point where I had to choose between the number one most expensive guy in this list and the number two most expensive guy of the list, and I went with number two. I wasn't disappointed. So. No, you wouldn't have been. Mate, Joey Manu, 9% owned at the moment, 801000 I don't think people are prepared to spend 801000 in the centre wing this year, which is fair enough when you've got guys like Val Holmes at 80k cheaper. You've got Brian Toto at about 100 What's the math? 180k cheaper. Yeah. Um, that, that's where I'm going if I'm choosing two premiums personally. Um, but there are, there is merit for a lot of these other guys that we're going to talk about soon. So, so Joey Manu, the second that I see, um, Tedesco hurt, I will find the money, um, reshuffle and, you know, plug in another one of those, those fullbacks that I really want, but you only have two positions. So I think Joey Manu, you know, we will watch and see him all season. He does score well in the centers. He's, I think he scored 200 in the centers before, but yeah, we just need to need to just wait and see. You can't start with him, not with that broken jaw. No, not at all. But the the one thing about Joey Manu is he doesn't really play like a traditional center. They've given mm. him a bit of a license to rove either side of the ruck. To he doesn't just sit at right center and wait for the ball like a Tony Staggs does. He he will find the ball. He will move over. To, you'll see him taking runs on the left edge. Um, so I think with Joey Manu, when he gets to a point where his price drops enough, and I'd say probably around that 650 mark, I would start to consider getting Joey Manu in my team, regardless of whether he's playing fullback or not. Yep. Because for me last year, he played center and I got a little bit lucky through the middle of the year where Tedesco played origin, Joey Manu played at the back and I captained him one week and he got a hundred and ridiculous. So, um, he's a guy that you have regardless of what position he's playing. Cause he just demands the ball. Um, and also, he doesn't have Suwali uh, over that right edge anymore. So I feel like it's going to be his edge. Uh, he's going to definitely be taking a lot of attention over that side. Yeah. So he's just a lot of money. It is. He's got to be cheaper than that to start with him or, or to consider him for sure. Mate, yep. you, you had number two. Take us away. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Ruben Garrick, and he was so good. Um, he is one of those guys that oh, could be nearly better at, at center than he is at fullback. Um, he is a goal kicker as well in a really good team. <sighs> Mate, he averaged 70. He, yeah, he's just a guy that I'll watch. I just think Val Holmes is better value. Um, but yeah, if Manly are a really good team, Ruben Garrick are going to score a lot of teams. We're sort of touting Manly to be that sort of 10 to 12 team. If they're better than that, if they're a top eight side, Ruben Garrick is going to score a lot of super coach points. I think with Turbo back, he's going to space the field a little bit more. You know, he's going to demand attention, right, whenever he has the ball. So that's going to create opportunities either side, I think. Um, does that mean Ruben Garrick gets a little bit more opportunity on the left wing? 
it probably yeah. does. He could he could be the rare beast that might actually be a better winger than he is at than fullback. Well, not just in real life, in Supercoach. Yeah, when uh, yeah, and it's it's I the agree. turbo effect. It's the turbo effect. Yeah, that's right. I mean, with no turbo on the on the side, you, you can pretty much just swamp the fullback, knowing what they're going to do there with those sweeping plays. You you can put all your attention on Garrick, and and that's why Tua Pilotu and Col- and Cola and and all that Jason Saab and all those guys got opportunity last year is because they knew that they could easily rely on the fact that Garrick was going to be the one that was going to be making most of the plays in that team. So with with Turbo back, it unlocks Garrick, I think. Um, I've toyed around with trying to fit him into my team at some point, but I just can't go without Val Holmes, and I need to choose between one of one of those two. Uh, it doesn't make sense to antipod Val Holmes with that run. Yeah, no, I totally so, agree. That's the way that I've gone as well. So with Val Holmes, obviously he's we've already talked about him. He's the third uh, highest priced center wing at seven twenty four. Alex Johnston now. He's 713K and he's 6% owned at the moment. And he sits in that very high scoring, low base kind of mold of, of center wing. But let me, let me give you a stat, right? And I was incredibly surprised when I found this out today when I was doing a little bit of a research before we hopped on. He only scored 50 or less six times last year. He only went under 56 games out of 25. That's much more consistency than I expected from Alex Johnston. I thought there would be some sub-20s in there, but there weren't. I was looking for them and they just didn't pop up. Well, that does explain the price tag, really. Um, 713k is a lot of money, though. You've got to be confident that the Rabbitohs are going to score a lot of points in the first six rounds, really, to consider him, and they won't because they've got a really tough run. I think that first six weeks... um, you can hope that he comes back. And if you're a Rabbitohs fan, you'll be watching a lot of their games. I think a lot of their games are prime time too. Um, yeah, if you're just watching on Channel 9, you'll get a few of them. And you can just you can just see him come back to 600K and, and you just want to add him. You know, one of, these, one of these blokes have maybe risen to 500K. You'd find the 100K for the pedigree that is Alex Johnston. I think we wait until Rabbitohs have a nice run of games. We have a look at the draw. I'll be keeping a very close eye on that draw for the Rabbitohs because they start the year incredibly tough, but there's bound to be, I haven't looked, but there's bound to be a nice run of games for the Rabbitohs and you pick Johnson up straight away and you'll probably find a way to get Latrell in your team as well at that point because uh, their left edge is as potent as any left edge in the competition. I'd probably say even more potent than the Penrith Panthers. Yeah, yeah. I think that they're, they do have a late buy though. So even if you have him, I think you and you're gonna and you feel like you're gonna be playing finals footy. I think you have to move him on. Um, if I remember correctly, they've got a round twenty six buy. Um, so if you're playing semi finals and you've got a bloke that's worth seven hundred k, you better have those sa- uh, those trades saved up. So head to head finishes in round twenty six this year. So it always finishes the week before the end of the season uh, well, to avoid go. all those restings and everything. So, yeah, it, you're not going to want any Rabbitohs players in your team come the, the run home, really, or getting close to the run home. If or if you, have, if you have Luttrell and him and Rabbitohs have gone on this amazing run, you just have to make sure that you have two trades. That's right. That's right. And the problem is I never have two trades by the end of the year. Well, I haven't uh, yet. That donut. I haven't yet. Let's Let's um, the next guy... The next guy is his mate. Uh, now, I'm not quite sure which side Campbell Graham's going to be playing on, uh, whether it's left or right. I think it might even be left, but he's uh, 664000 at 
I had yep. him last year until he had a bro- He ended up with a broken jaw and I had to trade him out. He's got the best base out of the premium center wingers in the competition. 37 points per game in base. So the guy is just a workhorse. He, get, he gets his work in. He gets his runs out of his opposition, uh, out of his own 20. Um, he's a guy that if you want a safe 50, you know you're going to get that from Campbell Graham, but that's not really what I'm looking for in the center wing. Are you no. looking for those safe base players? Not really. I'm looking for some upside and for 664K. If there was a bloke that was sub 500 floating around that 500 and you were throwing that base stack, my, my ears would prick up. Um, but yeah, no, not looking to enter the Sandman. No, not at all. Mate, next guy has been floating around in teams for a <laughs> while now, Nick Meany. Now, and obviously the, the big relevance here is that there's no Ryan Pappenhausen to start the season, which means that Nick Meany is going to be playing fullback He's going to be goal-kicking. The one thing about Nick Meany is that I'd actually prefer him to be on the wing. So he's a little bit of Ruben Garrick for me. I feel like he's better on the wing than he is at fullback. Yeah, I wonder if he's better on the wing or if the team is better when he's on the wing. Like, he's a formidable fullback. I think he's fairly decent. And if he was on a worse team, but you're just used to comparing him against Pappy all the time, and he's just not there. And, yeah, of course, no, and not many there's, are. There's always the risk, even at fullback, that they do move Munster back. If they lose three games in a row, Munster will be playing fullback. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Bellyache won't be taking uh, a couple of losses in a row lightly, so he'll be making changes for sure. Mate, next two guys that I want to talk about are both Sharks, both on the same edge. We're talking about Ronaldo Mulatalo and CSF Talakai. Now, yep. As soon as I say, whenever I say Talakai, I don't know about you, but I just get the shiver down my oh, spine. I feel like yeah. something bad's going to happen to me. Yeah. Um, bit of Voldemort going on about Sifa Talakai. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about Ronaldo Mulatalo first, because honestly, there is a, this is a, a sneaky pot option for people that are looking to go in a bit of a different direction than Val Holmes, Brian Toller, who are the, the probably the two most owned in the premium category. Yep. Um, he averaged 80 without Wade Graham on that edge. Fruit for thought. Start. It's a good start. I mean, and, and obviously, look, he, his base is decent, but he's he's a guy that needs to score a try to make sure that he scores super coach points, which is, look, like most wingers. But uh, he's going to get plenty of opportunity. We know that the Sharks love to play right to left. We know that Nico Hines love to find his way over to the left side of the field. We know that they prefer the right to left shift like most NRL teams do. There's relevance in, in Mulatalo with Talakai on, also on his inside demanding so much attention for that short ball. Mate, there, there's plenty of opportunity for Mulatalo if you look at him there. Yeah, I I really like him. I got on in, onto him last year, um, but much like Talakai, I got onto him at the wrong time. And I'd already sort of – I didn't play the game right last year. I, um, I burn a lot of trades early. Um, I'm trying to do a bit more forward thinking this year. And when Wade Graham come back, it just absolutely killed Mulatalo and Talakai. And the coaches recognised it by the sounds of it. Um, he's going to be playing down the middle, uh, Wade Graham, I mean. Um, Teague Wilton will be better there. We talked about him in our second row forward podcast. And I think there is merit to these guys. But I will wait and see because you're paying a pretty premium um, for something that we aren't that sure about. Um, and he is very tri-dependent. There will be no base there. Um, I think yeah. he's somebody that towards the end of the year, I'll be happy to have him in my team because I can play him against um, in some matchups that I think that he's going to score really well against and then um, and then sort of fade him some other weeks. 
he's a guy that you want to play on matchups, I think, at the back end of the season. You'd be happy to have him on your team and you just play him in favorable matchups where you know that the Sharks are going to score some points. And Sifatalakai, so we, we talked about base stats not being there for Mulatalo. They're absolutely there for Talakai. A lot of people picked Talakai last year, not only for his upside on offense and attack, but for the fact that you know that you're going to get a pretty safe 40 to 50 without any work from Talakai. Um, which you did get, but people were expecting 160s because he put 160 on and a half that game or whatever it was, 150 yeah. and a half. Actually, Morgan um, Harper has him in his Supercoach team. So, Yeah, I would too if I was Morgan Harper. <laughs> to be fair, Morgan Harper is probably scarred for life after Talakai ran over him about three times in that game <laughs> yeah. uh, on the left edge, poor bloke. But no, another, um, another man that uh, benefited from Teague Wilton being next to him. So he averaged 100 with Teague Wilton on his inside. So, again, we're looking at Mulatalo and Talakai, and we know that that edge is going to be better this year based on the fact that Teague Wilton's in and Wade Graham is out. And that's no discounting Wade Graham. We know he's a great player in his day, but I think it's come to a point now where they need to move on from Wade Graham and, and use him in a, a more tactical way. I was actually super impressed with uh, Wade saying that he was happy to take a step back and do what's the most important thing for the team. They should probably nearly have a premiership in their sights if they get uh, the same Nico from last year as well. Really good team, the Sharks. 100%. Absolutely. I think they'll be a top four team again this year. And here's a segue um, into teams that won't make the eight. Uh, the Dragons. Zach Lomax, 634K. Mm. Um, the great news is he's a goal kicker. Um, I'm just not sure if he'll get a chance to kick any any week. It's definitely a no for me, darling. No. No chance. Uh, and look, Zach Lomax, we know he averaged 60 in a bad team last year. Dragons weren't good last year either, but to be fair, Benny Hunt put him on their back, on his back. Um, I don't think he can do that again this year. I think they've got worse than they did last year, if that's even possible. Yeah, uh, and it's not even their the... fault. Like, everybody just sort yeah. of seems to get suspended. And... There's a bit going on over at Dragons headquarters as well, isn't there? There's a mudgy fight at 6am in the morning where the players don't remember because they were too pissed. Honest, um, honestly, that was the most fight they showed in any of their trial matches. So. <laughs> I saw something on, uh, on on social media that said that maybe the Dragons should organise all of their games at 6am because that was the most uh, the most fight that they've ever seen from a Dragons lineup. So I enjoyed that one. We've talked enough no, about any Dragons player, I think. I do like Zach Lomax, but it's a, it's absolutely no from me just because I know that the Dragons are going to struggle this year. If, but if they're fine form and they're 490K again, because he was 480K last year and then got up to 630K because Ben Hunt was better. He was kicking goals. Um, they were finding him. Um, but, yeah. Let me sell you on this next guy. All right. Because I genuinely believe that people are sleeping on him. It's Isaac Tungo from Penrith. Now, I feel like he's a really big pod watch at 3%. He's 627000 so he's Brian Toto price. You have you can't pick both, right? So you need to pick one or the other. But there is merit to choosing Tungo this year, and I'll tell you why. The reason I like Tungo is because last year, with Kikau on his left edge inside him, he was the decoy man all year, right? When we think about what he averaged, I think it was 59 or something he averaged last year as a decoy. Right. Yep. So imagine what he can do as the guy on that left edge. I genuinely feel like Luke Garner is going to be that decoy this year. He's a really good line runner. So they're going to be asking him to do that a lot. And what they're going to do, and Luai is going to use this really well, is Luai is going to play out the back to Tungo, or they're going to sweep out the back. And Garner, they'll hit him short every now and again, but I think that the play will be to get the ball to Tungo with space and either 
It'll be Taruva that cashes in on that left edge or Brian To'o or whoever plays that left wing. But Tungo's going to get a lot of either try contributions, try assists on that left edge, or tries himself, tackle breaks, line breaks. Uh, there's a lot going down that left edge for Penrith. We know there is. And I feel like Tungo, being the decoy last year, will not be in that role this year because Luke Garner is in and Kikau is gone. What are your thoughts on Tungo? Yeah, I think it goes without saying because they're asking you to pay 620 that he's a, just a really quality footballer. I'm just going to look for somebody that I can see being worth 750 if I'm going to spend 620 And I think your case is that he can. Like, you can only have so many Panthers in your team too. Like... That's true, because you've got Nathan Cleary, right? And people are going with Brian Toto most of the time. You've got Luke Garner as well that's relevant. People are picking Sonny Luke at hooker. You've only got so many choices. You're right. That's a really good point. Yeah, I just... If Supercoach was a different game and you could just roll in with five Penny Panthers players, I would. I'm just too scared to do it. I just don't think it's a it's a play, so... Yep. Mate, Mike Sevo surprised me. He scored 60 and 58% of his games last year, but has a 19 base, which is ugh, gross. Um, I'm not picking a bloke that's 19 base with the run that Parramatta have early. That's that's tough. They've got a really tough run to start the season. So I'm, I'm saying Mike Acevo's absolute pass, and most are. 99% of the Supercoach community are saying the same thing. Yeah, and I think, again, if you can see these wingers, I think the most important thing is watching where the wingers are going to play, who their matchup is. Like, Mike Acevo is a guy that could be 400K by round 10. He could be in could the be. 300s, and then you get on. They've got a bit of a run. You're trying to downgrade Val Holmes from Origin. Um, it could be a pod play later on in the year, and it's just, you know, keep listening to our podcast, and we'll find out uh, find out who's going to get those good matchups. There will be merit to taking him around 11 or 12. Yep. For sure. Um, mate, <laughs> Brian Toto is the last person that's relevant on this list at 19%. He's got 36 in base. He's back to his preferred left wing. My concern is everybody says, oh, I preferred left wing. He had one year where he averaged 81, and that was in 2021 when the six-again rule kicked back in and all the super coach points were elevated because teams weren't adjusting to that six-again rule. Every other year, he's averaged between 55 to 60. So is there merit to fade Brian Toto at 19% knowing that he is pretty highly owned and go in a different direction with a little bit more upside? I think there is, but I was looking for that second premium center wing, and I'm not having any of those other guys on the team before Brian Toto. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Yep. Fair enough. Like just watch him play. Uh, just watch him run. Watch him bust tackles. Um, you know, maybe they won't use Crichton as much because because he's leaving. Uh, maybe they end up just using him a lot. Um, I think if he's playing on the other side to To'o, which I suppose this other injury from Taylor May has thrown a bit of a spanner in the works there. Um, yeah, I was going to wait and see till after their buy, but I'm just going to be starting with Brian To'o because I look at all these other 600K options. I can't find anybody I want between 480 and 540 either. It's just Brian To'o or a 350k cheapy and I want to get some points on the boards and even if he just gets 55 to 60 it's worth it for me yep yeah that's that's fair enough I mean you know he's probably going to get 55 to 60 he averages 36 in base um yeah there's, there's no risk in taking Brian Toto with thinking he's going to drop in price I don't think that's going to happen yep um, these last two guys, mate, in the premium realm we'll talk about, but it's not really overly relevant, is Daniel Tupo and David Nofaluma. Now, does Suwali on the left centre, when we're talking Daniel Tupo, does that hinder or help Daniel Tupo? Honestly, I'm not sure. I think there's just a lot of mouths to feed, and I wonder whether Suwali is good enough. It's going to come to two things. Whether Suwali is good enough that they're doubling him, which makes Tupo be open, or whether Suwali's just good enough to bust through and score and not even need him on the wing. I haven't really seen him play much in the centres. Um, I look forward to it. I love watching Suwalihi play. So, Yeah, I think it might help him. My opinion is it helps because uh, we know Sammy Walker loves a three-man cutout. So with the amount of attention that's going to be drawn onto Suwalihi, uh, I think it makes sense that there will be a fair few overlaps for Daniel P- Tupo. Um, and also imagine being Sammy Walker or Luke Keery and being able to just put a bomb up in the corner <laughs> for those two. Um, you know someone's going to come down with it. It could be a bit of a lottery as to whether it's Tupo or Sawili that comes down with it, but so either I, or, there's going to be plenty of action. I like it, and I like it better for draft, but I think I would just take Suwalihi instead. Yeah, he's, what, 20k cheaper only, 15k cheaper? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He- and they're a very similar owned. So, mate, David Nofaluma. Tiger boy, back from uh, learning how to win over in Melbourne for oh, a few games. I'll let, I'll let you talk about him. Give me a sec. I don't really have much to say. Um, in saying that, though, I think with David Nofaluma, he's only 1% owned, 605K. Now, we knew back maybe a couple of years ago, he was very super coach relevant, very super coach relevant. So uh, he had a big base. He scored a lot of tries down the right edge. It was a favoured right edge of the Tigers. We've got Adam Dewey now that's dropped down to the right edge. Uh, so Adam Dewey working on that right edge with Johnny Bateman. And, um, you know, I, I feel like there will be a bit more opportunity for David Nofaluma this year. I feel like he definitely improves. And we saw a little bit of that in the trial game the other day. It, it looked like he was back to his old self. So I'm pretty excited about David Nofaluma to, uh, to, to have a bit of an uptick in workload this year down that right edge. I think it would be really good. I'm just looking at it from a from a super coach perspective. 600K is just too big of a risk. We're talking about him in premiums where he's probably a mid-ranger for me. Yeah, for, for classic, it's a wait and see. But I, I drafted him personally uh, in the recent draft that we did. I'm not upset about it because I think I might have got him around six or seven. Um, so he, he's definitely a guy that I'm, I'm watching. I got closely. him like round nine in the league. People were sleeping that's, on him. That's a massive win. Yeah. That's a massive win. 
Mate, the players we haven't talked about in the premium realm, Taylor May out for the year with an ACL. Hopefully he has a quick recovery and we see him again next year after he serves his two much, two match suspension. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a, what a, what a shambles that. that was. Um, yeah, lucky the NRL just, uh, that delayed that suspension for him. That seemed to work out well for them. <laughs> um, we've got Sione Katoa, who I, I feel like is probably not going to have as much relevance as Ronaldo Militalo at the Sharks this year, but we'll see how we go. Stephen Crichton, again, leaving, I don't think helps. He's got a full year in a team. He knows he's leaving at the end of the year. And then we've got Jesse Ramian, who I, I called my Smokey when we talked about the Sharks earlier in the season. And I still do think that, but I don't think he's a guy that you're looking at to start the season with. There's too much risk there. No. I agree with you. Sorry. I think if I was the Sharks, I'd be going to the other side. So, Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to our mid-priced maniacs, mate. That's between 400 and 600k. Now, to bang through these a little bit quicker, we're going to do two rounds Oof. of rapid fire. Yep. Two rounds of rapid fire. I'll start with the first five, and then you hit me with the last four. Okay? So... Basically, I'll, I'll shout them out. You let me know what you're considering or if you have thoughts. It's a yes or no, basically, yep. for these guys. Um, we've got Lockie Miller, 593,000, 7% owned. No, he's played six NRL games ever. Fair shout. Uh, we spoke about him, jo- uh, Joseph Sueli, 17.9%, 590,000. Yeah, I like it. I could find a way. He could find his way into my team uh, come Thursday. I like it as well. I like it as well. He seems to be quite popular because we know what he did on the right edge last year. Just a little bit concerned that that shift to left centre might affect him a little bit initially and benefit Tupo, but we'll just see how the year plays out. I don't think that there's too much uncertainty there for me. Um, Dane Gagai, 589,000. Yeah, no, he's a dumb. No. If, if this was State of Origin super coach, somehow he's prime turbo. So <laughs> He's a gun at State of Origin, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he averages 34 in base, which is the highest out of the mid-price maniacs we're going to talk about now. So 34 in base is pretty solid. That's two less than Brian Toll. If he was 500, if he was a bit cheaper, I would look at it with that base because I feel like it's no risk. Um, but yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, there's way too many good options. Mate, your boy, Selwyn Cobbo, 10%, 586. Uh, big fan. If he's playing fullback, I'll definitely have a chop at him, I think. Um depending on where we are in the season. Um, he's going to play Origin. He's 586K. I think if I'm looking for someone around that 580K, I'm looking for a bit of buy coverage and, a, and a, you know, to cover that Origin period. And I think I'd just go elsewhere. Yeah. You know, fun fact, he scored more than 111% of his games last year. So you know that when he goes on a run, he scores a try or two, he's, gonna, he's locked in for a ton. He goes it for a three um, or four game straight too. Yeah. He does. Eleven uh, percent of games. That's crazy. How he's, many in the twenty-six game season? That's at least four hundreds, isn't it? Mate, he's only quick. He's nuts. only twenty-two. Twenty as yeah. well. Sorry. <laughs> Bit of a Greg Inglis mold, isn't he? I saw something saying that uh, the progression of players or similarity of players, and we saw Greg Inglis into Latrell Mitchell into Selwyn Cobbo. Yep, is like the perfect progression of what Greg Inglis left on the field and who's kind of picked up that very similar mould of play. Yeah, we are paying him. Very exciting. I wonder whether the news of us losing Herbie in that, we are paying him fullback money, so we are going to need him to score a lot of points. That's right. I mean, you've gone and bought Reese Walsh, so uh, it's interesting to see you're paying him fullback money, but you've gone and bought a fullback, so who knows what happens there. We did get Reese Walsh pretty cheap. (laughs) You did, because he wanted to come back, so that that played into your favour. Um, mate, Greg Marju, 581,000. I haven't even put ownership percentage here because he's that low. Okay. Oh, 
Up or down for Greg Marju? This is a tough one. I am down on him, but only because of the price. I'm high on Marju. Yep. I, I think the only thing that's going to ruin Marju this year is his defense. Yep. And I feel like that will be the only reason he loses his spot this year. We saw in the trial, he made nine tackle busts. He scored, I think, was 90-odd super coach points or something in that trial. Um, the one advantage for him this year is that Kalen Pong is playing 5-8, and he will be on that left edge. And Greg Marju, being a left winger, will absolutely benefit from Kalen Ponga being down that left side. So there's plenty of exciting things happening for Greg Marju this year. They brought him over from the Titans because they obviously know they've, they've seen plenty of talent in him. But... So much risk there because he's a absolute, he's leakier than a sieve on defense. So I think there's going to be some issues there defensively that that might find him out of the team this year. I think it's important to note that they have a like they've bought him, they want him on their team, and they have the first three games that they play are elite. Like if you get him in your team, you could expect a price rise in three weeks. Move on. I just if I'm spending six hundred k at center wink, it's just for someone else. Newcastle's run of games is the best three run of games to start the season as well. I don't have it in front of me, but they've got an incredibly good draw the first three games. But again, we need to remember that it's the Newcastle Knights we're talking about. We're not talking about the Roosters having a really good run of games. We're talking about the Knights. So, yep. And with Ponga, we don't know whether Ponga's going to make it through three games, let's face it, it's, <laughs> which is sad, but it's the truth. It's hard. You're talking about this elite run of games, but we would talk about an elite run of games if people were playing Newcastle as well. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, they came up very, very bright green in, in nearly every single draw predicted that I've seen. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a watch for me. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be watching very closely on Maju. Um, sorry, I've, I've kind of spoken a bit too much about him. No, that's all right. Uh, Murray, do, do you Murray to Alungi? No, I'm going to play the game now. Yeah. No, you tell me oh, about yeah, Murray to, to Alungi. I don't mind him. Pot option for me. Um, but you're not taking him instead of Val. That's that's the difference. Um, Cowboys draw is nice, 5% owned, but I feel like there's too many good options. So, nah, fade for me. Yeah, yep. All right, let's go uh, the Fox, car 12% owned, 530K. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 20 base. Needs tries. Bulldogs will get better, but no, not to start the season. They're going to start slow. He, it, I think this is... Price-wise, that's nearly the point that you look at him, though. Like, like we're not talking... Nah. They're asking you to shell out more for Greg Marzu than Josh Adokar. Greg Marzu's a tackle-breaking base stat beast. Josh Adokar needs to score two tries to score 70. Yep. That's my that's my logic behind it. That's fair. So no to start, but watch. Very close watch uh, when the Bulldogs get it together down the left. Um, speaking of sometimes maybe good, um, Katoni Staggs, 511K. I drafted him. Oh, did you? Uh, I drafted him. Yep. He's my third center wing. In 13% of games, he scored more than 100. So we know the ceiling is there, but the base really isn't. He's got a 27 base, which isn't horrific, but it's obviously not great either. It's just a high risk, high reward play. So if you just want to get a bit spicy and you're, you're a Broncos supporter or whatever, and you, you, and let's remember also that this guy last year, had an injury and carried a, a shoulder injury through the majority of the back end of the season. So he's come out saying that he's healthy now. I, I don't mind. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes for Katoni Staggs, but it's it's it comes with an asterisk that uh, you're picking Val Holmes and Brian Toto first before you pick 
Katoni Stags at centre wing three. Yeah, I think we nearly went this the wrong way because I want to chime in about Katoni too. 22. 20, 24 years old. Broncos score most of their points out wide. He's the cheapest out of Herbie Farmworth, Selwyn Cobbo, Corey Oates. It's... <sighs> There's an argument. There is an argument. There is an argument. And I've been. I feel like he's underpriced. Yeah. So do I. But that's because he has a 24 in him. He has a. I think you've got to ride the wave with him, though. Like, if you're picking guys like the next guy that we're going to talk about, you're picking Stags, you're picking Josh Adokar, you're picking these guys with massive ceilings, but very, very low floors. You've got to ride the wave with these guys. You've got to accept the fact that you're going to get a 10, but you're going to get 120. And and that's a 60 average at the end of the year. All right. Tell me about Xavier Coates. No, only because he is Josh Adokar from Wish. Yeah. And uh, the Storm, I mean, look, the, the argument for Xavier Coates is that the Storm have a really nice draw around two, three, and four. Look at the Bulldogs into Gold Coast, into the Tigers. So that that could be a nice place to pick him up after he gets through round one, if he shows me in round one that he's going to do something for me. But otherwise, no, not, not at that price. I mean, Xavier Coates at, what was it, low 300s last year to start the season? Yeah. That's a yes. Because you know that there's so much upside there, he can basically just fall over the line once and make you 200k, but not at 466,000. So, so we had a couple couple friends and we just played. There was just the four of us. Um, we got stuck with COVID away. We started getting really into Supercoach, and my wife had Xavier Coates, and she like we just went and captained him all the time because it was just she would see the previous week and he scores a hundred points, but yeah, you just find when he rolls out that fourteen against a good team or something, you're just shaking your head, aren't you? Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off for him. I don't, I don't know what your wife is doing, but it's very bold of her to take Xavier Coates every week as the, the captain. Oh, she, goes to, she goes to the Broncos games. It was one of the names she knew. So. Feckle, feckle. Okay. All right. I can, I'm with her on that. Um, she had Billy Walters as well at some point, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she did. She captained him a few times too. Um, the spice was Love there. That. <laughs> That's outstanding. Um, mate, that, that covers the mid-priced maniacs. Uh, we've got through about nine players there, mate. So let, let's uh, move on to the cheapies. We've already covered on Paul Alamotti, Khan Pereira, Jack Howarth in the, uh, in the uh, 2RF pod. We're not going to talk about him again. Uh, Chance Nickel Klockstad and Hamiso Tabuifido. We've already covered all of them. We're not going to touch on them again, but they're five very well-owned cheapies. There's a few on this list. Let's play rapid fire again, because otherwise it's going to take us about 40 minutes to get through these guys. Um, do you want to kick us off? All right. And then I'll take through the tail end. So you can take the first seven, and then so, I'll take the last seven. So you're going to hit me with them? Yep, I'll hit you with the first seven. Charlie Staines, 378,000, 6% owned. Grass Staines. Don't have him in my team. Um, did have him in my team because I was excited that maybe he was going to play fullback. Um, Dane Laurie's going to be playing. Oh, I expect Dane Laurie to be playing fullback and Charlie Staines to maybe not even have a run. Oh, there could be some cheap options in the Tigers. Um, Charlie Staines isn't one of them. Yeah, the, the only risk with Charlie Staines, I think, uh, and I mean, look, I don't see him in this round one team either. Um, I see there's Tommy Talao, obviously, but also Junior Tupo, who, who's very impressed in that second game. So I reckon he could easily snake that position away from Charlie Staines now that Ken Mamalo's injured. So definitely one to watch, but too awkward of a price with no base and a small body 
um, I feel like there's not as enough relevance there. And I'm a Tiger supporter as well. I, I want the guy to do well. Yep. I just don't think it's going to happen. Hayes Perham, 370K, 14%. Everyone was high on this guy. I was, and I watched him uh, have flashes in that Indigenous game, and I was really excited for him. I think I tweeted that I was starting a Hayes Perham fan club. But then just watching him play in the other games, yeah, I'm I'm not that high on him now. I actually am just not sure that he's up to first grade, even if he's playing fullback. I think the signing of Crichton shows that he's a stopgap for now. Um, and I could see Avarillo filling that spot um, in three or four weeks if he doesn't perform. And the great Completely thing about agree. trades is, and him being 370K, it's not hard to get in a 370K bloke if he blasts a 60. I'm going to be burnt because if I spend 370K, he's going to have to be in my team. If he scores 20 the first week, I'm going to be a lot more pissed off is if he scores a 60 and an 80 and I have to get him in my team. I'm yep. happy to be proven wrong. Risky, risky play because he's a very flashy player and could be good, but Avarillo's sitting there waiting for him to fuck up, really. So Avarillo could easily just slot into Hayes Perham's spot at fullback, and Hayes Perham ends up out of the team. I'd probably, so rather, have I feel Av- like it's- I'd probably rather have Avarillo in my team, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the same. Mate, Sean Russell, 366K. I think the one thing with Sean Russell... Uh, I've got a contact at Parramatta, luckily enough, that, that tells me a little bit about Hayes Dunster being uh, or struggling in the centres, uh, which is the reason why he'd be a wing only. Um, so I think if, if, if Sean Russell plays, he can play anywhere. I think that's the versatility is his biggest downfall, I think, at Parramatta. So unfortunately with Hayes Dunster, he's one of those guys that will be first named out because he isn't as versatile as Sean Russell. So I think Sean Russell is the better pick if you're looking at one of either him or Hayes Dunster. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, sorry, I'll cut you off. Yeah, no, go for it. I'm just thinking let's just talk about Hayes Dunster while we're, while we're here. Um, Where we can do that. He's 234K as opposed to the 366K. I obviously think Sean Russell is maybe a better option than Dunster, but... That 230K and being able to maybe get a gun from, a, you know, instead of a mid-range or something is really important. Uh, how many games do you think that Dunster will be in the lineup? Like, I think he's probably there week one, but you've got Sevo and blokes like that waiting in the wings. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think... If Micah Sevo is named, I don't think that he uh, gets named. I don't, yep. I don't. If Micah Sevo lines up on the wing, I don't think Hayes Dunster ends up in the team. Yep. It's as simple as that. Uh, I think it'll be Sean Russell that gets a gig over him on the wing uh, for Bailey Simonson. And then when Bailey Simonson gets named in whenever it's, he comes back from his injury, I'd say probably less than four weeks, we'll see him out on that right wing and uh, Sean Russell end up out of the squad. So there's plenty of risk and a lot of job security issues for both. Yep. Yeah, so a lot of people will be ripping apart their teams, you know, maybe with a 230K K bloke. Yep. Um, you know, maybe he's had a price rise, but you're still going to have to find 100K to find a guy that's going to play footy, so... Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, mate, next guy, Isaac Thompson from the Rabbitohs, 336,000, 14%. I really like him. He has been in and out of my lineup the whole time. These first six games worry me, and Tane Milne worries me. I th- yeah, that's for right. For some reason, they like him. Yeah, I honestly feel like if he has a decent enough start to the year, he'll hold that spot. 
I don't know whether they're high on Milne. I, I mean, I, I feel like Milne would have pissed them off last year at the back end of the year with that double double uh, sin bin and, and all those other issues, disciplinary reasons. So I feel like if Isaac Thompson starts well enough, he'll be okay. Yeah, the if he starts well enough for the Rabbitohs, he'll be in my team. Yeah. But just not yeah, week uh, one. I think there's too many question marks. I'm going to wait and see what they do with Tane first. Next guy, Remus Smith, mate, 316,000, 13.8%. Anybody playing for that storm, I get a little bit excited about. But then you look into how Remus Smith has scored before. Like, he's a bloke we all know, and he's played a lot of games, and he just doesn't score a lot of points. Um, Yeah, what makes us think that it's going to be different this year? Played nine games last year, didn't break 60 once. Yeah, and that's playing for the storm. Like, they roll teams. I'm not a fan of him at all. I called him a bust. I still do. He's not in my team. There's no way I'm looking at him. A guy that can't break 60 super coach points at centre in one of the best teams in the competition, what makes you think he's going to improve this year? Nothing. Yeah, that's that's my question, Mark. Yeah. Tommy Talao, 301,000. Pretty popular, 12%. He's been in my team. Um, you put him on my radar, being a West fan, and I just haven't liked what I've seen, really. I think yeah. that somebody else is going to fill that role in not a very long amount of time. I think that they're going to be better. I think his defense looks terrible. Um, He's young, and I'm really glad that they said in that – he played a shocker that first trial. And I'm really glad they didn't just drop him um, because he is young, and obviously they think a lot of him. I just can see him being a bit of a trap. Yeah, him and Sean Bloor sit in the same category because they're both coming back from really long-term ACL injuries. Um, I think it was – Talao's first game in, what, 400 days or something, very similar to Sean Bloor. So you've got to cut him some slack. And and also in that first trial game, they just cut, they, they basically just targeted the two guys that are coming back from ACL injuries on that edge, uh, and they just made him shuffle sideways, and they just really struggled. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm not too concerned about the defensive issues at this point in time, but I feel like it may be an issue. I think the one thing that saved him was the fact that Mamalo got injured in that uh, in that second trial, that might save him. Does that position. give him better job security? Look, it probably makes it even harder to predict what's going to happen at the start of the season now because Mamalo ends up in that lineup. So what happens when he comes back? There's now more uncertainty, I think, um, around what that Tigers outside back lineup is going to look like now. Um, does Talao end up being the one that drops out? Does Junior Tupo end up proving that he's the good enough guy? Does Charlie Staines get a run? Yeah, there's a lot of question marks there. So Tommy Talao is risky and he's... He, Quality player, but I don't know whether I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, I think there's too many question marks for me. And last one for you, mate. Harley Smith Shields from Canberra at 300k. No, he just doesn't look like he's going to be doing a lot. He's coming back from an ACL. Um, Look, I know he's not a lot of money, but I still can probably see it regressing a little bit. Um, Yeah, look. If he bangs out a couple of 60s, any of these 300K guys will be in my team. Um, Smith Shields won't be starting in my, in my lineup. And I'm looking for a th- I'm looking for one of these 300K guys to just grab me because I have 300K. I want to be able to play them, but yeah, I hate the hammer. I don't like Tommy Talao. I don't really like this guy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually having a real, really hard time at center wing. Yeah, mate, that's your seven. Hit me with the last seven of these cheapy options. Um, Tyrell Sloan. 
Uh, bad team, round one buy. Those are the two things that are steering me away from Tyrell Sloan, uh, including the fact that he doesn't have a very high base. Yeah, there's a lot of red flags for me for Tyrell Sloan, so that's a no. 14% owned as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people just see that fullback and they want him in their team. No, not me. Yep. Cool. Um, Hayes Dunster, we've touched him. Uh, let me know if he is in your team. No, he's not. No. 10.7% owned, he's not, but only because Sevo and Simonson are the wingers in this team. So it's only a matter of time. And also, I think Sean Russell's preferred in, in either of those positions because he's a bit more versatile than Dunster. So I feel like he's the first guy out. Even if he gets named in round one, I'm not touching him because he's the first guy out as soon as one of those two return. He has a bit of James Schiller about him, doesn't he? He does. There's a lot of James Schiller about <laughs> Hayes Dunster, unfortunately. Um, so that's a no thank you. Uh, Valence Tavare. He won't play in, in round one, so no. I think he looks really good, and I think he has a bit of that calm Pereira about him. Um, but, yeah, he won't play round one. Uh, he could surface throughout the year, though, so put him in your watch list. Uh, William Warbrick. Now, I'll just note that I've adjusted the Google Drive here. He is now 25% owned. When you looked at this, he was 7% owned. He's went up 18% in the last five days. Uh, he is an all black. Uh, he's a very big boy. He impressed in the trials. There is an open spot now with the Olam and the Iremia injuries at Melbourne Storm. So there is an open wing position, even potentially center. Um, Warbrick's in my team right now. 200k base price. The guy looks like he could chew up base stats for fun. He's going to get opportunity on the wing at one of the better teams in the competition. He's a guy that I'm not surprised at all why that's gone up to, what, 25%. So that, yep. that makes sense to me. Why sure. are all these people spending 315 k for Remus Smith when this guy's there in the wings? Hey. And I think, honestly, that's where the rest of that percentage will go to come round one. If he's named on the wing on Team List Tuesday, everybody that owns Remus Smith at 14% or whatever it is will go straight to Warbrick, and he'll Warbrick will end up 40% owned. All right, let's move on to somebody who should be 0% owned. Bailey Hodgson at 9.7% owned and 200K. He's injured, isn't he? Um, he's and injured. He's, at the Knights. he's injured, and they signed Lockie Miller when they thought that Bailey Hodgson was going to get the opportunity. He'd be in my team for 200K if he was playing fullback, like he first tried, but obviously they didn't think it was going to work because they bought in Lockie Miller. Yeah, that's right. No, it's no, that's a no. No, uh, thank you. Um, Burbo, Benny Trebojevic, 286K, 9%. Um, I've seen him in a lot of teams. Uh, what do you think? I think that these teams that have him, the 9%, are living in 2022, and maybe they forgot the season ended and is about to restart. I think that's probably the only reason. Benny Trebojevic will not make the 17 for Manly, let alone be in the starting lineup. Uh, the edges and the wing look like Tua Pilotu, Kohler, Brad Parker, Ruben Garrick at this point. So are they relying on an injury? Are they using him as enough? And I'd, I'd definitely advise against starting with enough, considering we've got buyers weekly now. Mate, no, Benny Turbo is a massive, massive trap, I think. Uh, he could easily end up being that guy on your bench that plays nine games in the season, and you just can't get rid of him because he's too cheap. Yeah, maybe they thought that they were getting Jerbo at centre wing. I'd be all in on that. <laughs> get the names get the names mixed up. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to fit Jerbo in there. Um, Jack Bostock, he's only 5.7% owned. I've, I've actually uh, been talking a bit off air 
with you about him. Let us know who he is. Yeah, look, he's uh, got a serious amount of talent, this guy. Uh, we, we saw it in the trials. Uh, he scored that try on the right edge when Milford put that grubber through, and he, you know, it looked like it was just water off a duck's back, putting the ball down in the corner. Uh, so much talent. But uh, him and Rob Jennings seem to be the ones contending for that right wing position at this point in time. I'm not quite sure whether I want to take a winger on one of the worst teams in the competition that will struggle to score points. It's the same argument as Hammer. Um, or any edge or, or wing or centre in this in this Dolphins team. Tessie knew those guys. Like, I don't think you can consider a guy that's playing for the Dolphins that's going to struggle to score points in one of the worst teams in the comp. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, it's a no right now. But, honestly, there's many, many worse uh, options in this in this lineup compared to Especially when it's 200K, I feel like there's no real risk involved, but I think, and we're going to unveil our team soon, I think that there's three better 200k cheapies than Jack Bostock. Yep, I agree. I have all three of them in my team as well, so we'll talk about them. But, mate, that takes us to the end of the cheapies. So much to talk about. There's a lot of guys we left out as well. Uh, and, obviously, if you if you think that there's somebody that we left out that we should be talking about or that you want our opinion on, drop it in the comments. Let us know. We'll, we'll get back to you and, there, and have a chat about them. There is a guy that we have left out, and I think it's really important because I know he's in my team and he might be in your team. Yeah, it's a river. Yeah, Taruva. Um, we did our draft notes a little bit earlier, um, and we were aware of the um, of the Taylor May injury. But yeah, Taruva's a bloke that you should probably want in your team. Panthers want him in their team. Two hundred seventy-five thousand as well, so he's not expensive at all. Like he, you can like you can get him cheaper than Chancellor Wilcoxstad, Isaac Thompson, all these popular three hundred K blokes. Hayes Perham, like it's. Insane that we got blessed by the super coach gods that he got this dual position a week before the comp starts. So I had Hayes Perham in my team and I've dropped down to Taruva and then like who I think is a better option and you have a hundred K to spend. He's played three NRL games ever, scored a 64, a 39 and a nine. I think he's going to be pretty solid this year. He'll play on the right wing and to- will move to the left, but anybody who plays on a wing at Penrith Panthers, we know they're going to get so much opportunity. Uh, on Cle- Imagine being on Cleary's edge at nearly basement price in the best team in the comp over the last two years. That's a godsend, Supercoach-wise, so he's straight in my team. He is. Um, I actually... Um, we're going to talk about it in a second, but I've Bizza and him. Like, I... I'm actually rethinking Bizza now that I have Taruva, but I'm trying not to overthink it. I think the Panthers are going to score a lot of points. Yeah, they will. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I'm on the Taruva train, for um, sure. Let us know who is your seven. Val Holmes, Isaac Thompson, Chance Nickel clock sat at the moment, a bit of a placeholder. I'm not 100% on him, but he's there for the time being until team lists. Uh, Senia Taruva. Paul Alamotti, Camperera, and William Warbrick are my seven. So we have a very similar lineup. The only thing is I have Brian Toto as well. So I've got Val, I've got Brian Toto. So I've got Val at 724. My second premium is Brian Toto at 624, who is a cheaper sort of primo player. Um, your Nickel Clockstad, your Taruva, your Will Warbrick, your Alamotti, and your Camperera. So that two... 
two primos and then, yes, saving a lot of money, trying to find some 300K guys that I can plug in and get some points out of. Absolutely. I think it's key to be able to try and find as much cash as we possibly can with these positions. Um, Mate, that pretty much wraps us up. We've gone through all the cheapies, all the mid-price maniacs, all of the, the primo options, and we've talked about the top five most owned. It's a, it's a very in-depth conversation around center wing. There's a lot of different ways you can approach it, but I think we've tackled as many of them as we possibly can, mate. So, And we're only a couple. Well, by the time this comes out, we're only going to be one day away from Teamless Tuesday, and all this could just be flipped on its head, couldn't it? That's right, because team list is going to determine whether these cheapies are relevant or not, or whether someone doesn't get named. You're obviously not going to pick someone who doesn't get named. Um, so a lot could change in the next day, two days. Um, so we'll see how that, that pans out. But guys, if you made it to the end of this episode, uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like, turn those notifications on and follow us on Spotify or Apple if that's where you get your podcasts. Um, and we'll continue over the next few days and into the season to talk about Team List Tuesday. We'll break down Team List Tuesday for you, and we'll do a bit of a weekly wrap-up every single week. So make sure to tune in and put those notifications on so you don't miss those. Um, this has been the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank Until you. Later. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.